Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of Game Week 8. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. Our special guest this week is the FBL General, a regular contributor to our show over the years who you'll be very familiar with. Mark, how are you and how did your troops get on in Game Week 7? I'm very well, Donica. How are you all doing, folks? Good to be back on with you guys. Uh, game, week, game Week 7 went pretty well. And as far as I know, Callum Wilson has an assist for me tonight as well. So I'm looking at about, I think I'm on about 69 points at the moment. So hopefully uh, Wilson can can get himself a goal uh, before the end of that one. I uh, brought in Trippier for Mendy as a free transfer and then carried uh, the other free transfer. So I've got two for game we get. So that move worked out pretty well. Uh, Madison did the business again. Hazard is getting points for me now, which feels a bit strange given what he's done to me in the past, and had Aguero captain. Patricio in goal as well has been brilliant since I brought him in. So all in all, a good week, and it should be a, should be a green arrow. Excellent stuff. But uh, Kylie, tell us about your Game Week 7. How, do, how is it going so far? Uh, so far, it's positively delightful. I, I'm enjoying the glow of the week after wildcard, because wildcard weeks never seem to be that fantastic. But I'm on... 73 points at the moment. Fraser's still playing and will hopefully get something for me. But um, it's largely down to, well, I've had Patricio as a set and forget since the beginning. And obviously he's been fantastic the last few weeks. But I gambled and did the thing that I told everyone not to do, which is bench the premium defender uh, in Robertson. And I played Doherty. So 22 points out of my Wolves assets this week, which was great. also had Trippier, Hazard, Lacazette, and Captain Aguero. I sold Mane for Richarlison this week, and um, Richarlison didn't really do much. Well, he got me an extra two points because Mane did not much at all. But uh, overall, very, very happy this week. Big green arrow, and I think I'm at about 90K now. I was hovering at around 250, so making nice gains. Nice one, nice one. Um, yeah, you've betrayed Mane once again, Kylie, but we'll get on to that one again in a while. Um, okay. Yeah, but uh, Marzi, how did Game Week 7 go for you so far? Have you got anyone going in the Monday Night Football game? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> English finest, Colin Wilson. Um, yeah, got the assist. 58 at the moment, which is not bad, not hit. Uh, yeah, Captain Aguero. Um, I did not bench the, the premium assets. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy. I mean, the usual stuff. I have Hazard, um, Edison, clean sheet. So yeah, I'm happy um, with 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 the, with the game week so far. And if Wilson gets a goal, it will even be better. Yeah, hopefully Wilson will do something. Um, he's he's given us an assist so far. So I'm on 57 points so far with the with the hit to come as well. So um, it's not been bad. It has been. I'm hoping to break the 60 point mark because um, that's kind of been my benchmark so far this season. I'm kind of happy enough if I'm breaking the 60 um, on these kind of these kind of game weeks. Um, let's move on, folks, to the listener league update. And uh, when I should give, of course, the table is still updating as as we speak because because uh, there is still a game going on. But, um, of course, we have the usual boys up at the top there who got their shout-out last week. But um, I want to give a special shout-out, actually, this week to Guns and Moses. That's Matt Smith's team. Um, they're the team of the week for September, or September um, 284 points, um, which is quite impressive. They're on 82 points this this week, so uh, they're coming on strong. In terms of our overall leaderboard, um, the that is looking pretty much like we did last week, which Ian Cooper, Beardsley's Peaches, or Poachies, are on top with 517 points. Rabaldo is in third place, Robert Byrne, and uh, the nearly man, Ger Newman. He was actually top, I think, last week on 510 points. So um, still great points there um, in the 500 club after after only seven game weeks. So uh, very, very impressive scoring. Um, good luck to all of you guys in that. And um, let's, let's hope that we'll see Mars somewhere on that table in the near future. Not likely, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Mars, <laughs> yeah, Mars, Marzy baby, um, this is the t- time of the show, of course, where we always hand the mic over to you for a few minutes so you can give us your rant of the week. So uh, take it away. 
It's not a rant. It's not a rant. It's more like a cry for my uh, United supporting friends. You know, <laughs> when when you try your best to unlock your when you try to unlock your best defender, but you don't succeed. When you get what you Paul Pogba, when you get what you want, but not what you need, Alexis Sanchez. When you feel so tired, but you can't sleep, just look at Mourinho's face, stuck in reverse. When the tears come streaming down the United fans' face. When you lose something you can't replace, dignity. When you love someone but it goes to waste, could it be worse? I have the answer. Allardyce will guide you home and ignite your long ball goals and he will fix you. Got me, you've got me that, uh, that emotional here, Marsh. Yeah, yeah. That was actually beautiful. That was his best work it's ever, touching. General. Yeah. Yeah. It's a special for Mark. Just wiping, a a t- t- wiping the tear off my cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, well, you knew you were going to get something this uh, on this pod, didn't you? It was a bit yeah, of a risky it's, one. It's, 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 I should have known not to come on this week, really. Mm. It was a good Only job. Two we, lads. we had it agreed for a while, but uh, so if you backed out, you would have been a proper chicken. But um, I'm glad you were man <laughs> enough for it. Um, let's move on, folks, to the topic of the week. And, of course, this is where we talk about what the FBL community is really talking about. Um, the Another blank from Salah is obviously high on people's minds, as is the annoying pattern where Pap, Pep keeps withdrawing um, Pap, Pap Pep keeps withdrawing Aguero just when defences are tiring. Um, however, there is only one man dominating the discussion ahead of game week eight, and that is, of course, Sir Harold Kane. A double in game week seven and a home fixture against Cardiff in game week eight has his owners salivating and non-owners breaking it. Um, first of all, um, I know from our Twitter chat that none of us own Kane in game week seven, but um, I'll be interested to know how many of us will be changing that come 11.30 on Saturday morning. I'll come to you first, Mark. Um, you didn't own Kane in game week seven, but are you likely to own him for game week eight? Yeah, so I considered getting Harry Kane in last week. I was looking at, uh, I had two free transfers last week, and I was looking at possibly doing Salah to Richarlison and Callum Wilson to Harry Kane, but I, I decided against that move, and then I just got Trippier in instead of, of Mendy. So not, not too bad, really, the fact that I had Trippier's points, but I don't have them. Obviously, I don't have them now, and I haven't given Game Week 8 too much thought yet, but my current, my current thinking is that I'm probably going to avoid him, even though I do have the two free transfers, and I could probably get to him pretty easily, but it would probably mean losing one of Salah or Aguero, which I don't think I'm I'm ready to do just yet. One the thing the thing I don't like about Kane is his fixtures. Yes, Cardiff at home is is superb and I would love to have him and, and captain him for that fixture. But after that, you know, I, I wouldn't be overly confident in him and I probably wouldn't captain him very often. He's got West Ham away, Man City home, Wolves away, Palace away, and then Chelsea and Arsenal. So it's a very tricky run. Uh West Ham are, are much improved. Wolves have been superb, uh, and, and Palace are a pretty good side defensively as well. So I'd be very unlikely to captain Kane uh, too many times. So the way I'm looking at it is it's really kind of just getting him in for one fixture, which I'm not overly keen on doing. And I don't have a wild card to fall back on either. I, I've already used it. So at this point in time, I'm probably going to avoid him and just uh, hide behind the couch uh, at the weekend. Um, so uh, what are you guys doing? Are any of you bringing him in? Um, yes, bullet uh, trigger is already pulled, and uh, Kane is now on my team. I think that part Don't of stop stop going into my team and doing that. Yeah, I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So now you're copying Don. Yeah. He copied me, Kali. Kali, I guarantee you, he copied me because I did it yesterday. I I did it on Saturday night, Mars. <laughs> no, I did it Sunday, but it was uh the reality is is I I, I as it's great points Mark because his fixtures aren't they're not all gravy, but one good thing about it is he looks like he is coming into form and and with those fixtures you kind of at least with Kane we don't have to be continuously a nervous wreck about whether he'll start or not and if he what what minute he's going to get hauled off at that's something that is really beginning to irritate me with Aguero. But having said all that, he will probably Aguero will be back in. Same as I'll be bringing Salah back in. Um, I want to have those two players in my team, but the but the, but the reality is is I think with the Cardiff game, and I'm actually giving strong consideration even to throwing the triple captainship on on Kane this week. Um, if you're looking at a single game week, wow. it's it's probably as good as you're going to get is Kane up against Cardiff at home. 
Um, I know that we generally do go for the double game week, but I think last week we or last season we did see a lot of the potential headaches that can come with those double game weeks with players getting rested and whatnot. But um, that's. But are you are you not nervous about just Kane in general? Like I I haven't seen enough to feel like I'd just blow my triple captain on him yet. Mm. You know, yeah. Still, two of the last three were penalties. Yeah, so, no, it's only a th- yeah. it's only a thought, but uh, it's it's definitely crazy, a consideration. I'm 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 I'm, I'm crazy. Clearly. I'm worried about Kane. It's I'm true. not too excited about Kane, but I'm also really not excited about Cardiff in the Premier League at all. Yeah. Um, you know, but saying this, you know, the reason I did it yesterday is because I did not want well, quite a few reasons. One is price rises. I could only afford a point one, and I I thought, you know what, so many people are going to be bringing him in. Let's let's get the, those rises. So I downgraded Edison and upgraded Aguero. Um, win-win against Liverpool. I don't really want to be cheering on Aguero. We've seen his stats. Yes, he scores against Liverpool, not at home. So that's fine. Most likely, and we talked about it last week, and I said the hokey-cokey is something some people do. I've done it before. I try not to do it, but I'm a hypocrite. Well, I didn't say don't do it. I'm going to do it, most likely, unless something changes. But, you know, the, for me, I didn't want to think too much about it. Just like, but Mark is doing the right thing. And so are you, Kylie, you, you, you're looking at all your options. I just wanted to go and do it. And now I'm hoping that he doesn't get injured, obviously. If somebody else gets injured, that's fine because I've got a bench that can play. So my my bench players at the moment, I'm happy for them to come in and play the defenders playing at home. Um, so, I, the, you know, the thing that's playing on my mind is, Again, which is why I did it, is, mm, well, could Poch decide to rest him against Cardiff and play Laurente? Because, frankly, even Laurente can score against Cardiff. Uh, but I just didn't want to think too much about it, and I'm, I'm going for it. Um, it is, uh, ch- ch- it's chasing the fixture, but he is coming in form. So there's a reason for those of us who have brought Kane in. It's, it's, it's a fine reason because, you know, he's got one goal, then t- now a brace. So hopefully playing against with all respect to Cardiff, unfortunately one of the worst teams in the Premier League right now, um, we could get that big hole that we've been looking for. Um, and if it doesn't work out, you know, it's uh, it's just one game. You always know when someone's going to give someone abuse from a height and we say, with all due respect. <laughs> yeah, and then, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Kate, so for me, I because of the fact that I ended up selling Mane for Richarlison, I actually have... Bang on enough money to do uh, Kane in for Lacazette, or I could move on Aguero. So I'm, uh, my feeling is that I probably will bring Kane in this week, very likely for a switcheroo situation because I'm not sold on him for those fixtures, but I don't need to take a hit to bring him in for this week. So I, I do have a, it's a bit of a luxury move there, and um, I have a strong bench at the moment. So it is something I'm considering. It's just, you know, I, I'd be inclined to leave Lacazette in just given the fixture that he has and the fact that he's been playing 90 minutes um, and is quite consistent at the moment. Aguero obviously is playing circa 60 minutes, has some kind of foot injury, which doesn't seem to be enough to stop him playing, but is certainly causing uh, his minutes to be managed. So, yeah, I think, well, and the thing is, if I bring Kane in, it's easy to just downgrade him again the week after. So I I still have to sort of ponder which way I'll go, but in all likelihood, he'll be in my team. Yeah, because uh, I think I think that's a great point. And uh, one one thing um, that I actually wanted to ask you, Mark, about was, and uh, the chief at FPL hints um, was he tweeted he did a similar move. He moved Aguero from Aguero to um, to Kane as well on Sunday, which is very very unlike the way the chief plays, as you know. Um, he did say that like 18, 18 months ago, it would have been unthinkable him making a move on a Sunday, but just because of the way people are buying so early in the week and because of price rises. It's something he's just kind of evolving the way he pl- he's playing the game. Do you think is there a kind of is there a, is there is there a basis in fact in that? Is there a need for us FPL managers maybe to evolve with the new price changes with with a lot of managers, especially this time of the season when probably there's more of the so-called um, you know casuals playing the game that. 
they'll be making a lot of moves on the weekend or right after the weekend and they're not waiting for Friday night to make moves so that us seasoned managers need to adapt to that as well yeah I, I don't really I don't really let the others the other managers influence how I play the game um, I know obviously the, the price changes have been crazy this season but the, the way I've always played the game and the way I'm continuing to do the, so this season is I just I just take the patient approach and just minimize risk because um, with with like you guys getting Kane in early, I would just always have that fear in my mind that he picks something up against Barcelona, and I just I don't bother with the price change changes too much. Uh, maybe a little bit more earlier in the season when there's no midweek games, but when we get into Champions League season, uh, I I just always try and wait until Friday, and if if I miss out on a player because of a price price rise or price fall I just kind of move on to the next the next best option I'd rather just making I'd rather having all having all the information I need to make the best informed decision you know as close to the weekend as possible um but obviously I do see the attraction with Kane this week when it is Cardiff who have been absolutely awful um and like Mars said he you know he had to move early to get him in but it's just something I'm never comfortable doing and I tend to just hold off yeah, I, I, I admire that kind of resilience, Mark, because one thing I know that I got in San before this last game week because I was trying to move ahead of this to try to see if I'd just be able to make do with San and not have to move from Aguero then to Kane and just try to get you San through these things. At his price, you can kind of just leave him there, whereas Kane, the problem with Kane's price tag is he's similar to Salah in a way except that Salah he's a lot less owned obviously than Salah yeah. but you're, I, you know you, you have that you have that issue but I just I, I'm just a nervous wreck I think if I was going into this game week without Kane on my side uh-huh. uh, but you'll be a nervous wreck going into the Barcelona game of the week as well so you can't really I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really a nervous Nelly though Mark is you know I'm just I'm cool as a breeze you know what I mean and I just mm-hmm. I just be sitting back and I, and w- one thing that's great is when you're um I like I'll be watching my own team in the Champions League with um with a smile on my face so I won't be a yeah, I won't yeah. I won't really be worried about the Spurs game you know the way I always look at it as well is Kane Kane as an example this week is if I wanted to get him in early it's not just Kane you know you have to worry about getting injured the way if I pick up some kind of knock elsewhere in the team. It doesn't even have to be a Champions League team. You know, we get training injuries and stuff like that. Um, or, you know, unforeseen circumstances where players just get ruled out closer to the weekend. I always, I don't like the idea of having made my transfer early. Then if I had awaited, I might have used it elsewhere in my squad. That's kind of the way I look at it, you know? Yeah, it leaves you more flexibility and you can kind of cover cover anything, unforeseen circumstances, as they say. Um, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, 100%. And Marzi, of course, a lot of managers to fund that transfer to Kane, they're they're looking to finally cut ties with Salah, those who held held firm with him for so long. But now with Kane facing Cardiff, they're looking at probably sacrificing Salah to get him in. What's your thoughts on that um, that move? Well, listen, I can see why people are losing patience. It's a lot of money being held. Uh, and you've got people like Sterling, for example, doing really well that you can go to. But for me, you've held for so long, we've said that. Listen, Liverpool City is going to be a great open game, a spectacle of football. We know what happened last time. Uh, I, would, I, I had even considered Captain Salah for that game. Um, and then after that, um, they've got um, two nice games. Um, we've got Huddersfield away, who are not playing amazing at all. Um, and then you've got Cardiff at home. We'll just buying Kane to play against Cardiff. Um, yes, Salah was taken off early, but, um, you know, can he score against those two? Absolutely, he can. In fact, he can probably score against those three. If you look at Kane's fixtures, we just touched on them, that they're quite difficult after, after the, this game. So, um, I think if you, if you want to sell for one game, Aguero, to me, at least made, made sense, or, or, or Omane or someone like that, um, but with Salah, I would, I would, I wouldn't be doing it. Maybe one yeah. game, but even then, I wouldn't do it. I'll keep him for the next three games and see Obama, what happens. Aubameyang's another way you can get the cane a lot easier. Uh, you know, he's playing out in the wing and he's not delivering really for, for his price tag. So if I had Aubameyang, I, I would probably be tempted to move the cane from Com- him. Hundred percent agree. He, 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 if I had Aubameyang, I wouldn't even be thinking about it to be honest right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's an easy move. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's probably harder. I agree with you, Kylie, but definitely Boomerang. 
maybe even you see United have got a nice fixture, but even Lukaku just with, with, with what's going on at, at United, I would rather have Kevin over Lukaku right now. So there are other options. Yes, I can see why people are fed up and want to sell Salah, but you would want him back against Huddersfield and Cardiff. Yeah, that's one of the main main factors why I'm probably going to avoid Kane because I'm just going to keep Salah because I'm looking at Huddersfield and Cardiff for Salah and yeah. you know having having them from the start. There's no way I'm selling them before those two fixtures. No, yeah. and I wouldn't sell Hazard. The other one is Hazard. I wouldn't sell him. Yeah, he's he's just on form at the moment. Yeah. Like I don't have Salah at the moment. I got rid of him on my wild card, but always with a view to getting him back or making sure that I had a way of getting him back for these fixtures. I certainly think if you got rid of him earlier to um, capitalise elsewhere during the tricky fixture run for Liverpool, then that's fine. But why you would look to sell him now with just one fixture against City and then a, a nice run there, I, I think it, it's sort of too late to make that decision. Uh, I wouldn't, I'd hold fast myself as well. Marzi baby, come to you first. We start at the back as always. So Patricio, the Wolves goalkeeper, one of those players who were up hyped up in the preseason, who actually followed through on that promise. Um, the Portuguese international has scored 26 points in the last four game weeks, meaning he is top of our form charts at the position. Um, but tell us, is he a bonk, marry or stalk for you? Well, I just brought him in. So he's definitely uh, a, a, a marry. I think, look, <clears throat> simple one. If you've got him, you absolutely have to keep him. And sometimes it's actually been worth it to play double Wolves defence when they're playing a team that is uh, at home, actually. In fact, in fact, just at home. Uh, maybe against non-six top, non, non side, uh, top six side team. Uh, it, Wolves have really impressed me now that they've settled in. Um, and you can, you, you, he, he's a class keeper, right? Support, his Portugal's number one at 4.5 or 4.6 soon. What, what's not to like? Um, if you don't have him and you've got a premium keeper, like I did, I think it's time to move. Um, you know, I had Edison all, all the way until now. Uh, thanks for the clean sheets, but I can save a million and, and spend it somewhere else. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't be bonking if you don't have him and you, you're thinking about it. Yes, talk, but I mean, you look at their fixtures, right? And they've got, um, they've got a nice, sorry, I'm looking ahead. Okay, yeah, so they've got Crystal Palace next. Okay, that could be an open game. Uh, then they've got, uh, Watford at home, potential clean sheet. Then they've got Brighton away. That's the next three games. You could easily get two clean sheets. Or if not, it'll be save points because they've got spares after that. So I think he's uh, definitely, definitely a great option if you're on wild card, if you're trying to downgrade a premium keeper, uh, or if you're doing a rotation with two cheap keepers. So I definitely think he's he's a Mario Stoke, not a bonk. Um, yeah, that's what I was interested to hear what your opinion would be on it, considering you brought him in. Is he someone that you're thinking for the long term? And he obviously is. Uh, thanks, Mersey. Uh, Kylie, move on to my man Raheem. Um, Sterling, he's the top scorer in midfield this game week. So far, of course, until Ryan Frazier bursts that out in the second half there in this Monday night football game. And um, he's still an uber differential used due to his 11 million price tag. Is he becoming a player we just can't ignore anymore or is he a bonk, marry or stalk for you? I'd call him a bonk, right? Because I think it it's difficult with City. We have a really talented team. And I, look, rotation is a reality. I think we accept that the likes of him and Aguero are going to start most games, maybe come off the bench on the odd one. And, you know, that's kind of a win there. So I, I wouldn't be concerned about whether he's rotated or not. Um, what I would say is his price point is tricky. In some ways, that's kind of an advantage for those who can manage to fit him in because we won't or we're unlikely to see his ownership saw to the levels that it did last year, but he's really consistent at the moment. He's got returns in the last four. He's on four goals to assist six bonus points. So I think given the fact that people are looking at Kane and, um, you know, we still have Hazard in the mix, Salah coming back into the mix potentially with those fixtures, there's there's a lot of juggling going on. 
And so if you were so inclined to get rid of Aguero, given the minutes issue for him at the moment, Sterling could be your your way into that City attack, uh, an, an exciting way into it. He created the most chances of any player this week so far. And he's only second behind Hazard in terms of uh, midfield points overall. So I, I really like Raheem. I don't know how I could fit him in my own team. It's it's just because of the structure of it, and it, it could mean getting rid of Hazard, which I'm not willing to do. So hard in that regard, and I don't know that we could call him essential, but I think that he's a super strong option if you can manage to get him in there. Given his price and given how everything's changing really quickly, I don't know that he's a marry, but sure, if you can get him in, do. Thanks a million, Kylie. Um, General, move on to Sigurdsson. So um, he returned big in game week seven and is obviously a big community favourite. We all know how good he can be, but looking at the alternatives around his price point and below, as well as his upcoming fixtures, is Siggy a bonk, marry or stalk for you? Siggy is a, a stalk, I would say. He's on my watch list, but I, I don't really see myself bringing him in anytime soon. Uh, obviously, he had a big game week, two goals and a, and a missed penalty, so he could easily have a hat-trick. Uh, took took both his goals very very well as we expect Siggy to do. He's he's ice cool in front of goal. Um, he's only one point six percent owned, so he he is a big differential if you want to go there. It's the fixtures that put me off. Um, I'm just looking at them here in front of me. Everton have Leicester, uh, Leicester Palace, Man U, Brighton, and Chelsea. So it's not it's not the greatest uh, run of fixtures. I still I still prefer Richarlison. Uh, a little bit cheaper, I think he's 6.7. I don't own him, but I kind of had penciled in Richarlison to come back into my side this week. But again, looking at the fixtures, I'm kind of thinking twice about that now. Uh, I brought in I brought in Madison on wildcard game week five, and he's delivered uh, three game weeks in a row for me, so I'm very happy with him. Um, and I'll be sticking with him because Leicester have, have better fixtures than Everton. So uh, a friend of mine actually sent me a message today that he, that he, he sold uh, Siggy for a minus four to get Richarlison this week. So that gave me a nice ch- a chuckle, a chuckle this week. Yeah. <laughs> Was he a Liverpool yeah, fan? Is he a Liverpool fan just to give you a little bit of extra boost? No. No, he, he's, he's suffering like myself as, as a minus <laughs> fan. So. so it's even worse D- for double him. Double whammy for him. <laughs> um, yeah. The, yeah, I still prefer Richarlison when it comes to the Everton midfield, although he blanked at the weekend. He still had five goal attempts. So I think, I think he is still the pick from Everton. Yeah, there was actually, as you mentioned, Madison there a minute ago. The uh, I saw a funny tweet from um, uh, FPF pundits uh, Drew. He uh, he mentioned about how uh, Madison is swiftly becoming his um, Josh King of yesteryear, where um, he stubbornly will just keep on holding off, getting them, holding off, getting them, and um, it could be just one of these decisions that that could define our seasons. Is uh, if if you actually get in on him and how long you actually hold off because. He does seem to be involved in everything that uh, that Leicester are doing, and their fixture list looks fantastic. I seen I seen that tweet from Drew, and I, I think I'd be in the same position if I didn't get him on a wild card. He's one of those players he's kind of hard to like, and even though I've owned him for the last couple of weeks, I'm never really confident in him to deliver. You know, he has been quite lucky with some of his returns this season, but again, he's, he's delivering for me, so he, so he's going nowhere. Yeah, it was a good. It was a nice pickup, anyway. Um, yeah. We'll stick actually with Leicester and uh, Jamie Vardy is that is another player I want to I want us to talk about. They have a course we mentioned the tasty fixtures and he's 19 points now in his last two games, and um, that has his managers looking forward to a Vardy party. Um, but if you were to go to that Vardy party, would it be to bonk, marry, or stalk the retired England international, Mark? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't think of anything worse than marrying Jamie, Jamie Vardy, but. The, yeah, he's in FPL terms, he's a Mari. Um, he's again superb last two game weeks. The thing I like about Vardy is he's he doesn't play for England anymore, so he gets a rest during the break. He doesn't play in Europe, so he's nailed on to play every every you know ninety minutes every week in the in the Premier League. Although he has been taken off a couple of times early this season, but again, differential is only four point six percent. When I checked today. If I didn't have Madison, I'd probably be more likely to go there. I'm just not keen on a, on a Leicester double-up. But I think for people who don't have Madison, definitely Vardy's someone to look at. He just doesn't really fit in with my price structure either. It, he's, he's an awkward price point. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, similarly to if Lacazette, for instance, wasn't doing so good, he would be somebody that would be a casualty in my team. 
Um, and because Arsenal fixtures look so good, I got him in before. But um, yeah, they, they're with the cheap forwards doing so well. And with us all, of course, wanting to have Aguero or Kane in our team, it's um, those mid-priced or mid kind of upper-priced um, forwards are definitely the kind of easy. They're difficult ones to get into our teams um, to kind of trust. But uh, thanks to me and Mark for that. Um, let's move on to the captain picks for game week eight. Now, of course, it's still in the middle of um, of Monday night football, and there's a lot of things that can happen this week. But um, come to you first, Mark, on it as our guest. Um, who, if you were picking your Barlow captain pick, so that's your boring captain pick, um, who are you going to go for? And if you're feeling a bit risky, who would you be going for in game week eight? Remind me on this one, are these the players that are in my team or just anybody? Yes, your team, your team, yeah. Right, I better get it up in front of me here because I had two different, I had two picks that I don't own, so I'll say them as well. Yeah. The Barlow, if I owned them, would be Harry Kane, and the Baldwin, if I owned them, would be Arnautovic. I think Arnautovic can do well against Brighton. Now, I know he's he's got a kind of bit of an injury, which is a bit of a worry, but looking at that my own affect squad, Ar- Mark, That doesn't affect Ernie, Mark. He nah, can, no, can overcome Anthem. Yeah. Yeah, he's a player I could well be bringing in this week, possibly. So, looking at my own squad before I've made any moves, the foreign Barlow pick probably has to be Hazard. He's probably the best candidate that I have away at Southampton. And a risky Baldwin maybe would be maybe James Madison, home to Everton. Yeah, Everton's defence looks very leaky. So, um, Nice yeah, stuff. Yeah, they just get the clean sheet done. Yeah, I had to, had to rub my eyes at that. Jordan Pickford kept <laughs> the clean sheet. I know. Yeah. I know. I I was getting a lot of abuse earlier on the season, Mark, about that. It was that. all deserved. Yeah, yes. because uh, I somehow fell into the trap of thinking that Everton were going to be halfway reasonable mm-hmm. defensively, but uh, and and I stubbornly held on for two game weeks before I hit the wildcard button. So uh, so yeah, I'm 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 cursing Pickford every time I see him doing well these days. Um, Marzi, come to you next. Um, who's your Baldwin and who's your Barlow for game week eight? So Barlow will be Kane. Uh, it's just as boring as that, to be honest. There's absolutely no reason not to if you have him in your team. Um, Baldwin, I'm going to say Mitrovic against Arsenal at home. Fulham at home are a different gravy to Fulham away. And I can see Mitrovic bullying those Arsenal defenders, personally. And if Czech is still injured, Leno coming in, is he going to be comfortable? I know he did all right, but it was at home. This is an away game. So, yeah, if I was feeling a bit risky, I'll probably go with Mitrovic at home. Nice one, Mersey. And uh, Kylie, how about yourself? Yeah, uh, well, I, I don't currently have Kane in my team. He's probably going to be there, in which case he would be my Barlow pick as well. Otherwise, like Mark, I would say Hazard, based on who's currently in my team, um, for all of the reasons that uh, we've discussed. For my Baldwin pick, I'd probably go Lacazette again. Um just he's been really consistent and um, he looks maybe the best shout of the riskier ones in my team this week. Yeah. But I don't think I'll be ballsy this week for what it's worth. No, I think it's definitely one. Uh, if we do on Kane, I think it's definitely the, the no-brainer. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, we, we haven't brought in Kane. There's no way I'm going to go ballsy anyway. It's uh, it's very, very much on him unless, unless as uh, Mark has uh, jinxed me probably by suggesting there might be an injury <laughs> midweek. Um, oh, I, great, I, would love it if, I would love it if your empty starts at the weekend. Oh, that would imagine, be so perfect imagine for you. Be, you know what? I just laugh it off. I, you, know, you know what? It's uh, Man, these are the risks. These I'll, are the risks you take. Kick, I will kick something and then I'll just laugh it off. Go deserved. <laughs> yeah. Now, folks, we'll move on to the listener questions section of the show. And thanks a million to all of our lovely listeners. We got loads in this game week. We'll hopefully get through as many of them as we can. Um, Dave from Burnley, um, which uh, he's he's had a, re- a name change recently, but um, we'll, um, he was just talking about, of course, the Kane Aguero dilemma, and also in game week nine, which um, you have to have obviously one of your Liverpool premium attackers, either Salah or Manning. Um, because um, their fixtures do there's a lovely run of fixtures there starting with Huddersfield so um, we did talk a lot on that though so um, Mark we'll come to you first on um, John G Grifters United he was um, asking about he's basically contemplating taking a hit for game week 8 he's thinking of David Silva out for Son as part of a minus 4 basically his choice comes down to Son or Ozil did 
did Ozil did he impress you enough to where he is becoming an FBL viable consideration again? Um, and what would you think about taking a hit to bring in Son? I added uh, Ozil to my watch list this week. It's the first time in a long time that he's been on my watch list. I don't know if I've ever even owned him in FPL over the years. He, he hasn't done enough for me yet, but he has shown signs that he could become an option. So I'm, I'm going to keep a close eye on him. Uh, David Silva is someone who I actually may sell this week as well, so I'm probably looking for replacements. Son and Ozil, probably two players that I'm not interested in. With with Son, I just there's, there's a lot of uh, midfield options at Spurs. And I'm always worried that Son could have his game time limited, whether it's you know coming off early or, or not starting in the first place. So I would be inclined more so to drop down to the likes of Richarlison uh, and Madison, uh, maybe even Sigurdsson, who we mentioned earlier. Um, but when it comes to a minus four for someone like Son, I don't I don't think I would do it because there's always a chance that you know you get burned that he doesn't play. And um, what's your thinking on the fact that with the Ali and the Eriksson kind of injuries, is that kind of emboldening people more to go with Son and maybe stick with Mora for longer than they probably were planning on? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people doing that last week. A lot of people who owned Lucas Mora, yeah, maybe they were thinking about getting rid of him last week. But then with Eriksson ruled out, they were, you know, a lot of people kept hold of him then because he was going to play, which he did. So as far as I know, Eriksson was only a short term. Injury, so we should see him back at the weekend. But again, there's just too much, there's too much competition there for me. And we know Pochettino likes to rotate as well. I know it's more so the fullbacks that he tends to rotate, but I'm not overly interested in Spurs. I've got Trippier, uh, happy to have him. Kane would be the one I want. And apart from those two, I'm not really interested. Good stuff. Thanks a million, Mark. Um, Marzi, move on to Comrade Wolf. Um, and he was asking, he's basically looking for a more attacking fifth midfielder to replace Neves. And he's turned to Brighton because of their tasty run of fixtures. Um, so he's basically, the decision comes down to Knockhart or Isquardo. So, um, which of those two Brighton guys would you be going for? Oh, I mean, they do have tasty fixtures, but it's a, it's a straightforward answer, to be honest. Uh, Knockout. He's he's really been uh, impressive, and we know with what we talked about with regards to mental health and mentioning it, and him coming out and talking about it openly, which is which is brilliant for him. But you look at you look at his um, stats. He got he's already got three assists and a goal. Iscaredo has played seven minutes. It's not it, and and he's a point four more. So it's not really a choice. It's definitely knockout. Go for it and good luck. Nice one, yeah. Knockhart's definitely interesting me. And uh, seeing as Frazier picked up uh, injury time yellow card today, he might well be the rage transfer out for uh, Frazier out and Knockhart in for a lot of people. But um, let's move on, Kylie, to Richard. Oh, sorry, Prashant Tuari. We'll get to Richard in a moment. Um, so basically, he's again, we're talking about Kane, but he's basically talking about how many hits is okay to get Kane in. Um, he, Kuhn would be the obvious full guy to make way in his team based on the reduced minutes and a t- tough fixture every alternate game week um, and he's also wondering about how to get out of the Salah trap he's held on to him and wants to sell him now but with the fixtures coming up um, then he's he's probably thinking he should probably hold on and I think we're agreed on that when we did talk about that earlier on is that with the fixture turnaround that selling Salah now would probably be a mistake if you were going to do it. It was a couple of game weeks ago. But um, what's your thinking on the hits for Kane dilemma? I, I always think it's contextual here. So there's a couple of questions. One is how long he intends to keep him. So for me, for example, I'm looking at Kane as an option who I may only have him for one week or for a couple of weeks. In that situation, I would not like to be doing it for a hit because it just really reduces your your ability to to capitalize on that. You're, you're really needing a lot from him in in a single game week or two game weeks um, if you're doing it for a hit and a short period. If you're bringing him in for a longer haul, it's slightly different. Um, it's also about who you're taking out. You're taking out Aguero, so uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're taking out Aguero and um, you know, so doing that for for a hit can be risky as well. Even with him carrying an injury and reduced minutes, he still has the ability to score. What I would say is, in this instance, I wouldn't be doing it for more than a one point, uh, a sorry, a four point hit, 
Um, and, and even then, I think if you were able to do it for a free transfer, that would be a lot better. Obviously, that's tricky because of his price point, but I certainly would be looking at more than a four-point hit. Nice one, Kylie. Um, Richard Nickfist, I'll give this one to you, Mark. Um, he was asking about a defensive double-up from Liverpool in game week nine, or do we need to have defensive cover from Spurs or City instead? So what's your thoughts on defensive double-ups, and in particular for Liverpool from that, from game week nine on? Yeah, defensive double-ups is something I, I never mind doing, because if you're backing one defender to do well defensively, why not back two of them? I'm, I am eyeing up Liverpool game week nine. Uh, they've got Huddersfield and Cardiff. I don't currently have any Liverpool defenders. Uh, I've got a few of them on my watch list. And one, one of the options I'm looking at this week for game week eight with my two free transfers is, is when I do those two free transfers is to leave a million or so in the bank with a view maybe to move and uh, upgrading someone like Holabas to someone like Robertson or, or maybe even Trent. So Liverpool defenders are in my thoughts for game week nine. Marzi baby, FBL El Clasico was asking. This is a bit of a, um, a discussion point. He's wondering which team to get a defender from long term to downgrade Mendy. And of course, you'd want to be a bit wary of that because you might well be selling Mendy just before he comes back. Um, and while the Liverpool fixture mightn't look that good, we all know how def- um, attacking defenders can do. But if you do want to downgrade Mendy, okay, he's got a few different options for you. Um, he's looking at the Leicester defenders, so that's between Chilwell or Pereira. He's looking at um, Brighton, and that's Duffy. Um, I think Duffy got um, booked at the weekend. I don't know about that one. But um, Watford, and he's um, he's wants to avoid the Holobus card magnet. Um, or Liverpool, so um, he's thinking of maybe Trent if he already has Robertson. So he'd be looking at a Liverpool double up there, or other. Have you got any other basically tips for under five point five? that you'd be looking at to downgrade Mendy from? Well, we've just talked about the Liverpool double-up. So, you know, I'm not going to mention that. The good thing about with Mendy is, like you said, you know, he might be coming back. But if you want to downgrade, you've got two options. You either go sideways or you, you go all the way back to 4.5 and save some money. Um, so, yeah, uh, if we look at the other options apart from, from Liverpool that he mentioned there... Um, I, I, I've got what uh, from so if you don't want Halabas, you can go Kapsaley from Watford. They've got a good they've got a good run coming and they've been doing well at home. But actually, the ones that have really um, come up uh, on my radar is Brighton. Um, looking at their fixtures, I mean, it's, they've got West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Everton, Cardiff, Leicester, Huddersfield, Palace, Burnley, and then Chelsea, and that's home and away. But out of those, you you would see some. Some clean sheets, especially the, the home games, which is West Ham, Wolves, Leicester, Palace, and potentially the 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 goal that we've been looking for from Duffy. Um, so I think they're, they're a great option. Um, Less to be honest with Leicester, I I don't really fancy them uh, at the back. Um, I, I prefer the attacking um, players. But they also have an all right feature. They've got Everton, Arsenal, West Ham, Cardiff, Burnley, Brighton, Watford, Fulham. So it is, it is a nice um, list. And uh, Chilwell and Pereira have both been uh, attacking. So, I mean, you, you, you've got quite good options there. And just one that he did not mention also is look at Wolves. You know, you've got Doherty, Giotto, even Bennett for four million uh, getting clean sheets. And Doherty and, and Giotto, um, uh, you know, get in goals and Doherty definitely one of those guys that seems to be a, a, a 4.5 defender doing what 6 mil defenders are doing so there's plenty of options in defenders yeah no, it's 100% and uh, as you mentioned there the, the Wolves boys are looking fantastic value um, Doherty got in this game week so that worked out very very nicely but he's, uh, he's, he's really, really attacking. I actually thought his ownership was going to be kind of a lot higher, but this part of the FPL Twitter kind of think tank is that every second person on Twitter seems to have him, but he is only still owned by like 2 or 3% or something like that. Um, but uh, he, looked, he looks very, very impressive. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, lot, um, lot by the way, of, I don't know who Jotto is. Sorry, I don't know who Jotto is. Did you mean Johnny? I mean, I mean, Johnny, Johnny, you meant. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Otto, yeah, Otto, you know Giotto, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're leaving that in though, Marzi, anyway. So it's all good. 
Um, Kylie, move on to um, Migtavius was asking, um, have you fully recovered yet after Giroud's birthday bash on Saturday night? I'll never recover from that. It was, uh, it's, it was a good party anyway, yeah? <laughs> In my, he, didn't, he didn't blank, you know. <laughs> In my head, he didn't. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, Mar- uh, I'll give you this one, uh, Kylie. Samant uh, H. Nactar was asking, um, what about Lucas Mora? He's had him for two weeks and he hasn't returned as per his expectations. Do you keep or sell him? And uh, if you were going to sell him, who would you be looking for at that price point? Um, okay, well, I think... The, the thing is, it looks like Ali might be a few weeks longer out, even though Ericsson may be back in time. Um, so we still have the rotation issue because there's Lamella, Son, and Lucas Mora there. They do have a really good fixture. So uh, given that you've held him, I'd probably be inclined to just keep him for the Cardiff match and see what happens. Um, after that, I would be looking to get rid of him. If you were inclined to look at alternatives, I still think that the Richarlison or Madison options are the best looking in and around that price range because they do, I mean, obviously Madison has great fixtures um, and we know that Richarlison is certainly capable of scoring in the upcoming fixtures. He does look really attacking. So I think you could take your pick of either two, but I would give Mora this week just simply because of the Cardiff factor. Nice one. Thanks a million, Kylie. Um, Nassim Amari. So, Mark, give this one to you. He's basically asking, is Hazard and a Liverpool attacker essential? Now, obviously, most of us do have one of either Mane or Salah left, and we a lot of us do have Hazard at this point. But is it essential to have them, or can you see a workaround? Yes, essential is a word I tend not to use very often in FPL because there's there's just so many different ways to play the game, and I don't think any player is essential uh, this season at the moment. I've got Hazard. He's been in superb form. Uh, he's probably getting close to essential status if he keeps playing the way he's playing. He could have a, a you know a season similar to what Salah had last season if he keeps if he keeps it up. So obviously he's going nowhere in my team, and I'm very happy I got on him early. Uh, I wouldn't say, as I said, I don't think a Liverpool and a, and a Chelsea or Hazard are essential. But again, they're, they're two, two of the best sides in the league who, who score plenty of goals. So it would probably be, you know, good to have one of them, at least one, one of each. Yeah, I mean, I only have Hazard at this stage. I got rid of both Salah and Mane in the last two weeks. Um, I don't think it's essential. I think it's advisable given their upcoming fixtures. To get one well back in, yeah. I know it's not even about ownership. I mean, there's a lot of players that have high ownership at this point, and a lot of them are premium ones. So Hazard, uh, Mane, Salah, Aguero, we're going to see an increase in Kane's ownership. So it's really impossible to have all of them. Um, I think, you know, you're you're kind of covering your bases with some in terms of the ownership piece, but. Um, Huddersfield and Cardiff are fairly woeful and if everyone's jumping on Kane for those fixtures then does it not stand that we should be looking at Liverpool assets for that period as I well? I guess I mean with ownership it's more for the with the Liverpool not owning either of those with their ownership being so high and facing those two fixtures without having a, Chel- or a Liverpool attacker would take nerves of steel to to do but uh but yeah i i agree uh, the word essential is something that we don't like to throw around um sean slimbrick 24 um uh, mars um he was asking um basically now actually I'll, I'll answer this one for you sean it was um he was just wondering if he sold he sold salah for Mane to fund hazard but he still has Aubameyang. He's wondering should should he bring Salah back in or lie in the bed he's made and spend Aubameyang's funds elsewhere? I think personally, you'd, um, you you probably do need it from game week nine. I would definitely want to have Salah back in, but um, the Aubameyang money isn't isn't he isn't worth the price he's paying for him up there. Um, but again, if if you were doing a wild card, it'd be a very easy substitution. It is a difficult one though to um to move, and the guys did mention earlier on that if someone was actually bringing in Kane, then Aubameyang to Kane is probably a very easy or it's a it's a manageable move. 
so maybe look to do that but um, yeah I definitely want to have Salah from uh, from game week nine on um, we'll have a look and see if there's any other questions here we want to get to um, yeah, Dom J was asking about is Kane essential that word again for uh, for the next match against Cardiff even for a hit if captaining um, personally I think if you're captaining him it's a bit more of a, a move but I would agree with what Kylie said taking a hit for him is more if you're looking at him more long term as opposed to just looking at him for one week you're going to have a difficult job probably making that up unless he completely bangs against Cardiff um, so um, if it's if it's more of a long term move happy days um, but uh, but yeah you'd want to have a bit of a plan a plan in place for him um, RV Svardel was asking is Hazard captain material now and um, I think we're all agreed that um, that he is um, in the right fixtures um, but uh, what's your think in general you mentioned that Hazard would probably be your kind of of your current team if you didn't make any moves that Hazard would probably be your most likely um, Baldwin or Barlow captain pick um, is he kind of someone that you think could be is he is he more reliable now basically that people can rely on him as a week in week out captain pick yeah I think Personally, I'm, I'm coming around to the idea that I can maybe trust him now with the armband. I haven't captained him yet this season. So I got him in game week five on wildcard for his hat-trick. And then he obviously scored against your boys at the weekend. So I just I'm, he's been superb in Sarri's system. That goal he scored against Liverpool was superb. The way he you know he came short and then you know sucked the defenders in and, and made the space for himself was superb. And he should have scored the second half as well, the, the one that Allison saved when he was one-on-one. So, again, he's, there's a very good chance he'd be my captain game week eight because I'm unlikely to get Harry Kane. And I definitely feel more comfortable captain him than I would have done maybe last season. So, let's see how it goes. Thanks, Mark. Don, I've got one for you. You've been asking the questions and we can hear your voice going a little bit. So, um, uh, let me give you something more to talk about. Uh, Aaron Boyle at Happy AB 29 wants to know what the defenders to have for the next uh, few game weeks. I know we covered some, so you can quickly uh, mention others if you think or mention them again. But he does not want any answer that starts with Spurs have got good fixtures. He's a big gooner and he does not have Spurs players in his team. <laughs> <laughs> I like when people uh, let their club loyalties uh, define who they pick. <laughs> it's not the most... As We have mentioned, though, that, of course, that a winner, previous winner did... Uh, didn't have any Liverpool players in his team, but uh, Spurs, their their fixtures do look quite good. But um, personally, I'm I'm st- I stuck with Robertson and I'm keeping him in. Alonso, as much as he's had a poor run of fixtures, is still going to be staying with me. I haven't even considered getting rid of him. Um, Doherty and Juan Bissaka, of course, are my two kind of secret weapons in defence. Um, I think that for their price. They offer unbelievable attacking returns. Both of them have play for solid defensive teams as well. Um, and they're both seem good for bonus points. So, um, no, I really do rate the two of them. Now, personally, on my bench, if I could wildcard right now, I wouldn't have the likes of Stankovic sitting there because he has been stanking up my bench since I brought him in. Um, I brought him in right after his goal, thinking that he might actually get more minutes. But since then, it's been a big duck egg every single game week. Um, I would like to have a playing um, a playing defender there, and I probably would go maybe with Bennett or someone like that as a kind of a real cheap option to have down there. Um, but of course, the way Wolves are playing at the moment, you're probably uh, you're, you're feeling a bit nervous in benching any of them because of their their solid defence. But um, thanks, Marzi, for posing that one to me because um, it it re- it required me to show my my FPL talents. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it, no, it's it, good answers in there. And obviously, before that, we talked about Brighton and Watford and their options. Um, right, I think we've got time for one, a couple more. So there's uh, Kylie. I'll come to you on that one. Uh, Zabi Obias at Zabi Obias. Um, <laughs> hey, you want me to? Okay, Zabi Obias. Um, is it worth getting Firmino for a Liverpool treble with Trent and Salah? I wouldn't be tempted by Firmino at the moment. Um, I know that we've talked a lot about Liverpool fixtures coming up, but I think if you're looking at that sort of price range, Lacazette just or, or Vardy, either of them look better options to me. They're both very consistent at the moment. They both have really nice fixtures starting straight away, um, as in they don't they don't play 
um, city just yet. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be looking at Firmino personally. Yeah, I agree. I think there's, as much as I love Bobby, there's a lot of um, better options around rather than tripping yeah. up. Yeah. Thank you, Kylie. Uh, Don, I'm going to carry uh, on because I'm doing a better job than you. Okay. <laughs> uh, last two questions. Uh, so there's one from Andre L at Andre L zero three one three. I'm going to quick. I'm going to take this one. Quick answers. Is it finally time to transfer in Hazard for Salah? You can bring in Hazard, but you should keep Salah. What about Wilson Jimenez? Yes, sell Wilson. He's annoying everybody. Jimenez is a good option. And finally, is it Harry time? At least for this week, we discussed that plenty at the beginning. So uh, make, make your own choice. Uh, it's there's no right or wrong answer. Mark, uh, come to you with the last question. Uh, I think I think you you would like to answer this one because uh, I know that you love those players. Is there a case for having both Wolves fullbacks, given how attacking they are and the value they provide? Short answer is yes. We seen it. We seen it with the goal that uh, the Johnny guy scored at the weekend, set up by Doherty. The two two wing backs in the box, you know, setting one setting up the other up and giving each other a big hug. It just shows you how advanced the two of those guys play. And when I look at the underlying stats every week, both of those guys are right near the top of the list for you know touches in the final third and all that kind of stuff. Wolves have been very good defensively. They're a good shout for a clean sheet against anyone, I think. So the the wing back double up definitely is something to consider, especially for people on wildcard this week. That could be a, it could be an option. Yeah, definitely. I, I went with Bennett, and that's to save the point five. But if I'm downgrading um, like big players, I might think of upgrading Bennett to to one of those guys because they definitely worth it. Thank you, Mark. Over to you, Don. Nice one, Mersey. And um, Mark, how about you tell? I noticed we noticed on Twitter, and I heard you on the Surgery Boys podcast last week, um, speaking about your um, your mental health initiative that you're going to be looking at doing in the community. Can you tell the people a little bit about that? Yeah, it's something I've started doing in recent weeks. Um, I, I first I first uh, heard of Cam the charity when I was uh, doing a bit of work with the guys for FF Mag. Uh, they did some advertising and a bit of work with them last season. So that made me aware of who Cam were and what they do. So they're a charity that support uh, men in the UK who are struggling with their mental health. So I, I was a couple of weeks ago, I was on their website and I came across a very good podcast that they recommended, which was called Man Talk. Uh, and I listened to it and I got hooked on it and I, I listened to it in about a week. There's about 10 episodes and it's really, really good. It's just a guy who, who suffered with mental health issues himself, who goes around talking to other people, other guys who've also suffered. So that kind of got me thinking then and it kind of inspired me to maybe do something with my own Twitter account because I've got a big following. And when I look at my analytics, 95% of my followers are male. So I just I see that as an opportunity for me to do some good, uh, raise some awareness in an area that I'm passionate about. So... One thing I've done, and I've actually just launched it tonight, is a an FPL mini league. So I spoke to the charity and got the green light uh, to do so. So I've set up a Just Given page, and I've set up a an FPL mini league. Uh, the scoring is going to start for that mini league in game week nine. So whether you've had a great start or a terrible start to the season, everyone starts on zero points game week nine. You can enter with your current team, or you can set up a team for that. And the idea is that it's free to enter. I'll be sourcing prizes for the league during the international break. And I would ask people just whoever, those who enter it, just to make a donation through the Just Given page uh, that I've set up, which you'll find it, it's pinned on my Twitter profile at the moment. So you'll find it there. So yeah, just just uh, just trying to do some good uh, with my reach. That's brilliant, Mark. Yeah, no, I am a big, big fan of that now because, um, as you said, we your your reach can be um, to either offer like uh, differential points, and I know that's the main thing you'll be doing, offering differentials and fantasy advice and so on. But it's bright, brilliant that you're you're doing something that could have real, real ramifications for um, for people in the community's mental health and and um, you know the, the, we are we are a community, and I mean I think if if people are going through bad times or if anything was to happen to any of them with the people we interact with every single day on Twitter, it would um, it would mean an awful lot and a kind of an awful lot of heartbreak to us. But um, I think that uh, it's it's brilliant what you're doing, and um, we definitely would love to back you with the amigos too. Absolutely, chance to um, to give donations to to great great charity. I came across it during the World Cup, um, promoting something for one of my friends, and also a chance for me to beat Don with a new team. 
So there you go. <laughs> Two and one. <laughs> yeah. Give a Mars a fresh start. Oh, it's great. a great cause. Yeah. Um, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. Um, thanks so much to our friend Mark, who you, of course, all follow at FBL General. We have been Mars, who you can find at Mars05, Kylie, who you can find at KylieFBL, and myself, who you can find at The Marple Curse. We hope you enjoyed listening in. Uh, check us out at 3amigosfpl.com, where you'll find all of our latest blog posts, our podcasts, and links to our social channels. Please like, share, and rate the podcast on iTunes, as it helps us out a lot. Thanks as always for your support. Good luck in game week eight. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.